What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast, an independent Star Trek podcast where we are going to talk about a lot of Star Trek. I'm David Majors. You might also know me from my other podcast as DJM, and I'm joined by my fantastic co-host, Nerdy Gal 33 herself. Never apologize for being nerdy, Miss Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? What is up? David, I was just telling you before we started recording, I feel like I've been captured by the Kardashians and tortured for two weeks, but I'm here to talk about Star Trek, so that makes life so much better. Well, let's get you back onto the station. We'll we'll stage a siege like my favorite episodes. Uh, uh, That would be from season five my favorite episodes when they took back ds9 there you go and let's bring you back (laughs) and let's jump in so like god heather we've got a lot to talk about we've been away for a little bit and yeah a lot of news was announced and we're going to talk about that later in upcoming business but for new listeners of the show we like to do old business new business and upcoming business. And we're going to start with the old business, which is where we talk a little bit about the classic Star Trek, pretty much everything up to the Kelvin movies going all the way back to the cage and everything in between. Now with old business, Heather and I, we usually like to try and tie in what's happening with Star Trek right now into the classic era of Star Trek, uh, the, the gold age as now is, as I'm calling it, the Latinum age of Star Trek. But let's talk a little bit about, for old business, something that I was thinking about when all of the news was coming out and I saw so much excitement and positive energy for Star Trek. And it just reminded me of how much this franchise can excite people and what it's like to be a part of a fandom and a part of a community and have that shared excitement. And it reminded me of when I first realized I really liked Star Trek, Heather. So I want to ask you and and our listeners, let us know at Prom Trek Pod, please. And send us an email at promenadetrekpod at gmail.com and let us know. And Heather, I'll ask you, when do you remember when you realized you first loved Star Trek? Okay, so I, I, and it's kind of funny because this answer ties into some of the news we're going to talk about later a little bit. Um, I always talk about how my first Trek was TNG. And, like, there's so many people who say, who can remember, like, the very first episode that they watched. I honestly, I can't remember the very first episode I watched. But I remember the first time I watched a specific episode that stuck in my head. And I was like, you know, I I love this show. (laughs) Uh, And that happens to be the episode Q Who who introduced the Borg 
to TNG. And, you know, like I, I definitely had to have been about, oh, maybe at least seven or eight when I watched it. Um, but I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like it was scary, but it was unique and it was compelling and it, 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 it just made me, um, opened my eyes to how cool space and exploration and dealing with new species, even if they were terrifying ones like the Borg could be. Uh, so like, I think that was really the moment where I, I decided I was a Star Trek fan. Like I, I talk about my fandom as like, I didn't, really become a completist until I started watching Discovery and then I went back and watched everything that I had missed. But I have always considered myself a Star Trek fan. Uh, Like, I love TNG. I had seen episodes of the original series. I had seen the occasional episode of Voyager and Deep Space Nine when they first aired. Um, I remember watching the premiere of Enterprise when it first came on and was super excited I was always excited to see the TNG movies and the Kelvin movies. I, I just, it, it, it's one of those things that like, I, I knew what I loved growing up, but I didn't really embrace fandom as a whole until I became older. So I hit college and graduated from college. And then I knew what I loved more at that point and really started to embrace the fandomness of it and the whole uh, environment of being a fan and interacting with other fans. Um, I didn't do that when I was younger. So, but I knew I loved Star Trek from the moment I watched Q Q Hu. <laughs> I can't talk. Q Who. <laughs> I knew I would love Star Trek from the moment I watched that episode when I was like seven years old. Okay. Um, Heather? We are not too far off from the same place. We're actually very, very close. Uh, Because for me, it was also TNG. And growing up with my mother, very early on, um, my mother was a Star Trek fan from the original series and through the movies and now into TNG. And I've always said how early on that was kind of the the mother-son bonding time that we had watching Star Trek. Uh, and that, that was really, when I was little, that was really just kind of what I did with mom. You know, that, that was just our thing. But it really wasn't until I first saw the episode, part one, The Best of Both Worlds. <laughs> and... It it was very specifically when they went to a commercial right after Captain Picard says, we have engaged the Borg. And I felt like at that moment, it was like, oh, this is big. Like this, now I get what Star Trek is about. It's going into space and going on adventures and this is exciting. And the Borg were just this terrifying entity and and seeing what 
Captain Picard and, and the crew of the Enterprise would do was really what drew me in. And those two episodes, seeing Captain Picard abducted by the Borg and then assimilated uh, with Riker saying, Mr. Worf, fire at the end of the first episode, that was just everything that I, I had thought it would be. And it was incredible. And the episode that followed in the next season where they had to get him back, that was, I, I was in agony waiting for part two because back then it was the season finale. And then part two would have been the season premiere. Mm-hmm. So I was in agony waiting for that episode to come out. But when it did, uh, I was just, I was absolutely in at that point. Um, I, I wouldn't have considered myself a Trekkie before that point. Uh, but when Captain Picard said, we have engaged the Borg, that's when I became a Trekkie. Uh, I've always said with the other podcasts I've done and with the other fandoms I've I've been a part of, I was a Star Trek fan before everything else. I was a Star Trek fan before my wrestling fandom, before my anime fandom, before everything else. It was Star Trek. And Star Trek was always there with me. Um, I like to call my anime fandom kind of my rebellious teenage years because it was in my teens and then later into my 20s where I got into fandom and it was through the anime genre and going to conventions and all of that stuff. And by that point, uh, I think that Voyager had ended and Enterprise was in one of the later seasons. So Star Trek was a little bit on the outs at that point. Yeah. And I, I had all of these other things that I was into, but Star Trek was always kind of there, like deep in my heart. Uh, but it, it definitely goes back to uh, what many people consider the best episode of Star Trek The Next Generation or one of the most important, the most significant episodes. And that was from season three and, and eventually the season premiere of season four, uh, The Best of Both Worlds. That was the episode where I really felt like I really like this show now. I really get it. And it, it was more than just spending time with my mom at that point. And I would have been, that was 1990. So at the time, I probably would have been not yet six years old, not yet six years old. So five. So I was really little when I discovered Star Trek and discovered how much I enjoyed it. I was really, really little. And that that's what it was for me. So I've really been into Star Trek now for over 30 years, which is pretty amazing to think about. And it's, it's always been a part of my fandom. It's, and it's always been a part of my life. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it really, we're very similar in that way too, because it, it's always been there. Like, like I said, even though I didn't, really get involved in the fandom until uh, discovery and getting involved in the social media age of fandom. Um, I it's always been there and it's honestly, it's the first show I remember 
loving and calling myself a fan of was the next generation. Like I went, I, I, I like to say that the X-Files was my first fandom because I don't like completely after I, I went through the next generation phase and this is where the, like I, I mentioned I was about seven. This is probably when I was about nine or 10, <laughs> but I was completely in love with the X-Files <laughs> And had like a little notebook full of like clippings from magazines and shit of Mulder and Scully. So I like to call that my first fandom because that was actually me getting involved in fandom a little bit and collecting stuff and, and things like that. But Star Trek was there before that. Star Trek has always been that part of my life and it, it's had a huge part of my and I love the fact that even though I'm in my mid thirties now, like I'm fully embracing my love of Star Trek and I can talk about it with you and share it with other people. Um, yeah. I, I just love that. I've gotten to that point. Yeah, thir- 30 plus years, 30 plus years. And how cool is it that we both remember that it had to do with TNG and the Borg? <laughs> That's right. That's pretty cool. That that's that's so significant, and it, and it really is a testament to honestly the Borg. And I talked about this on the Twitter account uh, earlier today uh, before we recorded, where I was thinking about Picard, the upcoming season of Picard, how this will be our first real glimpse with the Borg queen. This will be our first real glimpse at the Borg with current technology, with modern day makeup, modern day prosthetics, modern day special effects, modern day graphics, all of these things that even back then were really scary and really exciting and terrifying, but we're going to see this level of production that you see for Picard and and modern Star Trek. We're going to see that level of production potentially for the Borg. And that's really exciting. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think we got a tiny glimpse of what they can do with that in season one of Picard when uh, Seven plugged herself into the the Borg cube uh, because that moment just really stuck in my head as, as, as something just terrifyingly good. Um, that, 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 that sounds like a contradiction, but it, 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 it was terrifying, but it, it was also a, a moment that just really stuck with you and so i i I think it's gonna be really awesome to dive more into that in season two and i'm really i'm really excited to talk about all of the star trek news and the deluge of star trek that is coming in 2021 uh we're recording this in january and we're gonna have plenty of star trek to talk about and we're gonna talk about that now with new business Star Trek Prodigy. Now, Heather, I remember saying in the beginning that I liked Star Trek Prodigy, 
but I wasn't exactly in love with it yet. The first few episodes I thought were good, and up till about episode four, I thought, this is okay. This is fine. And I know you and, and others out there absolutely loved Star Trek Prodigy from Go. And that's awesome. And I will say now, with the recent episodes, after it came back from its break in between Discovery, yes, I'm one, <laughs> I'm 100% on board with Star Trek Prodigy. You're in love with it I now. I feel like, yes, yes. It, it, I will admit, it took a few episodes. It took a few episodes. And I enjoyed it. But it was really episodes five, six, and seven that really, really clicked for me. Um, it was the episode Kobayashi, which strangely enough was almost like a Discovery title, yeah. uh, where Dal had to take the Kobayashi Maru and he failed miserably. <laughs> and and we we got a lesson on what it takes to be a Star Trek captain. And we got to see these cameos from legacy Star Trek characters. And it just made me think about it made me think about younger viewers of Star Trek Prodigy because that that is who this is for. And it made me curious, and it's something that I keep wondering about. And and I did ask this on Twitter, that I wonder about younger people watching Star Trek Prodigy, the youths that are watching Star Trek Prodigy. They're seeing Janeway. They're seeing these other characters now from this episode. And they're getting little bits and glimpses into the larger Star Trek franchise and I just think that's really cool. And it started with episode five, Kobayashi. What do you think about this one, Heather? I, you know, I it, it was fantastic. Um, it 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 was a complete like warm blanket that I could just wrap. Sorry, everybody. In. Episode six. <laughs> yeah. It was episode six. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> episode six. Oh. Um, yeah, it 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 was just it 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 was really wonderful to see Spock, Uhura, um, Odo, uh, Crusher. You know the amount of uh, Scotty, uh, just all the legacy characters on that bridge, the Enterprise D bridge. Um, it 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 was really special. Really, really special. I think it was a great blending of old and new. And I think that's exactly what Prodigy needed. Uh, they spent the first few episodes of the show establishing the characters and getting them on their journey, as it were. And that that was i think that was needed i think that was necessary we we established the characters we established who the crew of the proto star is and why the diviner is after the proto star and now we are seeing the kids go through space and explore and go where no kids running a ship have gone before and that's that's so cool. That is so cool. And 
Episode seven. I do want to talk a little bit about episode seven too. First contact. That that was that was a really interesting play on words. First contact, where we meet Dal's, I guess, adoptive parent. Yeah. Uh, a Ferengi named Nandi, who was a smuggler. Uh, she raised Dal, and you know. Ferengi gonna Ferengi <laughs> and ended up swindling Dal. And this was exciting too because it was showing uh, another legacy race in the Star Trek universe, the Ferengi, uh, showing who they are, what they're about, and connecting it to Prodigy. And it was another example of blending the old and the new. And I, I really liked this episode, too. I I think, and, and one of the things I love about Prodigy is that there's really a lesson to be learned in every single episode. And I really appreciate the lesson in this one. And that's just, like, e- even if it is uh, you are dealing with people who you know and, uh, like, have a good relationship with like go with your your gut ultimately and you know you if you, if you believe something is right or wrong like do it don't 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 just trust other people's words for it i i really appreciate that lesson that came from this episode especially the ferengi especially the ferengi i'm not trying to demean ferengi but yeah especially ferengi <laughs> They they kind of have it coming a lot of times. They 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 do that to themselves. I mean, we we even saw in lower decks how the the Ferengi almost got in a bad way several times. So, well, it's Ferengi gonna Ferengi. That's who they often show themselves to be. Even even the females, even the female Ferengi. Uh, are I, I, still very much to the Ferengi. I mean, yeah, she was a female. She was wearing clothes, <laughs> at least. At right, least she was wearing clothes. Right. Yes. Well, this is still a kid's show. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so the next episode, episode eight, this episode was outstanding. And I, I really felt like this was about as much of a pure star trek episode as you can get i think first contact was right up there but episode eight time amok was really really star trek like this this was an episode of star trek prodigy that i think would have fit in in any other star trek series and i thought it was done really really well you know it it this was such an incredible episode and one of the things I loved is that they actually, I mean, there was a lot of techno babble in this episode, but they explained it in a way that the younger audience watching can understand. So that was really kind of awesome, <laughs> you know, that it, it's still Star Trek, but it's also being explained in a way where it's not confusing for people. Um this was an incredible character episode. I think it really highlighted uh, the positives and negatives of each character and what they're capable of and really shown that even like 
the character like uh, Rock, who didn't think she was capable of doing anything, could do it and save the ship. Although my heart still breaks as to exactly how long Rock was alone on that ship. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it, that that's heartbreaking. It definitely was. It was definitely a really long time. Yeah, and she did an exceptional job, and I think the crew, for the most part, really, even though they were apart in time, they did a really good job of coming together and and fixing things, and that's what you want to see from your your crew uh, on a Starfleet vessel. And I felt like, like you said, they did a great job of explaining the the time shifting and with the diagram of going faster and going slower through time. I thought that was really, really good. I thought that that was really good science fiction and explaining it at a level that was easy for everybody to understand. And I agree with you. That was a really, really well done explanation and how they put that out there and this was another episode that really got me curious about how younger audiences are taking to star trek prodigy because this was uh, like i said this was a star trek episode this was a star trek episode and i'm really curious but everything that i've been seeing it's that kids that are watching the show they really dig it and they're really into it the ones that are watching it are really into it and that that's really cool that's really cool yeah i i mean everything i've seen from other trekkies who have kids who are watching the show with them like they're super excited about it every Thursday they're like oh this Star Trek time you know just like all of us do so I I think that's really awesome and yeah so I saw a post on Twitter from uh, Kevin and Dan Hagelman in which they actually showed a shot of the uh, script that was submitted by the writer for this episode in which he included that oscillating time graph in the script. And they're like, well, most screenwriters or most writers don't actually put like, we discourage graphs and things in the script, but it worked in this case because <laughs> he actually took a picture of the graph and stuck it in the script, which I think was really cool. That's, that's a way to explain it for everybody. Yeah. And, and, and it worked, it worked really, really well. So, yes, Heather, I I will say that I never gave up on Star Trek Prodigy. Like, I always enjoyed it. I always thought it was good. But now I'm I'm definitely in on Star, Star Trek Prodigy. I'm now, very much in and on board. I do have one question. No, the answer is no. <laughs> you, you, you don't even have to a- ask it. The, the answer is no. I still do not like Jack and Pop. Okay. <laughs> but as I've said, because I've I've really come around on Prodigy, I'm willing to give him a little more leeway. Mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to give him more. All right. 
I, I don't immediately roll my eyes when he speaks. I'll say that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I just want to say Jason Matsukis does have that effect on people, so it's okay. <laughs> he He's doing a great job, man. He's doing a fantastic job as Jenkin Pog. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I, I'm I'm very much in on Prodigy now, and, and Murph plushies for everyone. Yes, I, I guess um, I, I also saw somewhere that uh, I think it was during like the the Trek geeks had their big uh, uh, thing where they were raising money for the Hollywood Food Coalition this past weekend, and one of the questions that someone asked the Hagelman brothers was exactly how long till we could get more prodigy merch. And they said it's about a year until after the first season airs when uh, like the licensing for action figures and stuffies and things like that goes into effect. So we still have a wait for that, but I do want, I want all the stuffies and action figures from prodigy. Those Murph plushies. Yes. Murph plushies are basically a license to print money. Yes. And oh, yeah. CBS and Viacom need to get on that because they will print money. Okay. And speaking of all of the money that CBS and Viacom is making, let's jump into upcoming business. Now, I don't know if you saw this or not, Heather, but there was kind of a news dump with Star Trek in the last couple of weeks. We got a lot of Star Trek news. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that, right? <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm glad we delayed recording last week because somehow we always get a news dump the Monday after we record. And so that happened. <laughs> we got the news dump the Monday after we were going to record last weekend. So it's probably a good thing that we could talk about all the news today because there's a all lot. All right. So there, there is a whole heck of a lot. Uh, let's start off with the Star Trek Picard audio drama, No Man's Land. I'm really excited for this. It is going to be an audio drama starring Rafi and Seven of Nine. I love this. I absolutely love this. I I, I have absolutely grown to love Rafi Messaker as a character, and I think Seven of Nine in this series has just been an absolute revelation. And it, it, this seems really, really exciting. And it's going to be a hundred minute audio drama from the co-creator, Kristen Bayer, and also a, a writer for the Star Trek comics, Mike Johnson. So it's it's very much going to be within Star Trek and very much part of the Star Trek ca canon, it seems like. And yeah, I'm really, really excited for this. You know, I, I, I'm here for it. I can't say that I've ever listened to an audio drama before, but I will listen to this one. Um, it, it, it's a, I, I think we mentioned this like probably a long time ago when we were talking about like, different things that star trek could do um because it's something that doctor who has had a ton of ex success with with their big finish audio dramas and so yeah i'm i'm really surprised i know i know you like doctor who i'm surprised you don't dig into the audio dramas 
I, I just, I never, I, I don't know. I, I, I just never did. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those things yeah. I'm afraid if I dove right in, uh, <laughs> that I'd get lost in it. <laughs> I, I, it's just something I, I've never done yet. Um, so, but I, I do want to check this out because I am here for all the Rafi and Seven content I can get my hands on. I love both of them. I love my wonderful bisexual women, and I am so excited that this drama is going to feature the two of them. And I can't, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. And I love Auntie Rafi so much. I, I absolutely love her, and I, I'm excited for this too. And that, that's that's only the beginning. That's only the beginning. Uh, let's stay on Star Trek Picard, and we got a trailer, and yes. we will talk about the announcements and the premiere dates in just a second, everybody. But the new trailer for Star Trek Picard season two, I think suffice to say, this one got a lot of people really excited because we saw the return of Guinan portrayed by Whoopi Goldberg. This is fantastic. Um, Guinan was always my sister and my mother's favorite character for for so many years. They both loved Guinan. So when this trailer dropped, uh, when Heather showed it to me, I immediately showed it to my sister and was just like, new Picard trailer, Guinan's in it. And I, I know that she's excited and I'm excited. And... This trailer had a lot. It really had a lot. And it had the the time skip going back in time. It had the Borg Queen. It had a what looked like Brent Spiner again. Yep. Possibly yep. Play, playing another Sung. I, I I mean that's all he can play in Star Trek, so he's gonna be playing some sort of soon relative. <laughs> but yes, that there was there is something Brent about Spiner. something in the Sung DNA that that they all somehow look exactly the same yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This is going to be, I, I'm really excited for this. And I've said a few times that Picard season one was probably my least favorite of the recent shows. I liked it, but I did not like it as much as the others. And I even said that when we started seeing the plot of Picard season two, I was kind of like, oh, no, it's time travel. Oh, man. And it's more Q. Oh, boy. But I feel like this trailer where we're seeing Guinan and the Boar Queen and we're seeing you do some things and are in a way almost reminiscent of Q who where Q is influencing things and changing things. And it's up to Jean-Luc Picard and his crew to fix them. And I, I can at least get down with that. I can at least watch that. And as long as there's no goofy, cringy, interacting with the 21st century shenanigans i i feel like i can i can get down with this I, i'm liking what i'm seeing so far uh it's 
it's looking better than other Trek time travel stuff, I'll say. Yeah, I I mean it's I I'm not the biggest fan of time travel um in Star Trek either. And I wasn't the biggest fan of season one of Picard, but I appreciated it for I I'm a huge sucker for nostalgia. And I have such love for TNG that I just appreciated it on that front alone. <laughs> So to see characters like Q and Guinan have such take such a, a, a big role in season two really has me very, very much excited. And the the one thing I do appreciate that even though it is some time travel shenanigans, it's more like what they did in DS9. Um if uh uh oh god i'm past tense is that the yeah name of the, okay yeah it, it's more like what they did with ds9's past tense than rather just plopping them right down in our present day so there'll still be some differences with the world that they're in versus our our, our present day world right now and i think that will make it more palatable for me personally um, than just kind of plopping them down in present day Los Angeles. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm definitely here for it. I, I, I'm here for Guinan. I'm here for Q and I'm intriguing to see how this story all ties together and how these characters really grow as a crew and a team because uh, that's not something they really had the opportunity to do in season one. They were really just kind of thrown together and they didn't really get the opportunity to work together as a crew. And so I think we're going to see more of that in season two, which would be a lot more interesting and fun to watch, I think. Completely agree. I think generally everybody, for the most part, likes the new characters in Picard. And seeing the legacy characters is going to be exciting for everybody. And just like in season one where we saw Riker and Troy, that really brought a lot of positive feelings and blending blending it into the new show and Data as well. And blending it into the new show, I think that is a good way to bring this along. And I think that's working really well and i think that'll work well with season two because we're seeing some legacy characters um and we're going to see how the crew of la sirena deals with that and as i've said i really like a lot of the new characters in star trek picard i really like rafi i really like rios uh I think Gerardi's okay. I think she's okay. Um, I think Seven of Nine is going to be fantastic in this season once yeah. again. And yeah, I, I'm I'm more excited than I expected to be originally because I was so lukewarm on season one of Picard and the trailers. But I think that I think their heart's in the right place and. I'm I'm always willing to watch any Star Trek with an open mind. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. All right. So, how about those premiere dates? <laughs> so, we already know that Star Trek Discovery will be finishing season four uh, uh, starting on February 10th uh, and closing on March 17th. Also, it has been confirmed Star Trek Discovery will be getting a season five and it is not canceled. Hey! Discovery is still not canceled. This will be another 10 episode season of Star Trek Discovery. Next, the premiere of season two of Star Trek Picard will be March 3rd of this year. And they will overlap with Discovery. So we're, we're Discovery and Picard. They're we're coming at the end of January, and it's it's coming up. It's coming up. And also, Picard season three is in production. Star Trek Picard is not canceled. Yay. And now, the one that everyone well. Most everyone has been waiting for. We officially have a date for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It will debut May 5th on Paramount Plus for its first 10 episode season. And that will coincide with the season finale of Star Trek Picard. May 5th. I I had been asking about it for a while. Like, hey, where's... We got anything on Strange New Worlds? Like anything at all? Like I'm I'm not like going crazy over it like some people, but I was kind of like we should have heard something by now. And now we we at least have a premiere date of May 5th. <laughs> yeah. So are you excited yet, Heather? You know, I I'm really excited. I I think I, I mean, w- with the premiere of Star Trek Picard, like we're gonna have three weeks, three weeks, David, where we have two episodes of Star Trek every week, three weeks in a row. Jeez. Oh my god! Yeah. And then yes, yes, like the the finale of Picard falling on the same day as the premiere of Strange New World, once again. Two episodes in a row. Like, wow. Um, There's a lot of Star Trek coming. And, you know, Strange New Worlds is going to run until the beginning of July. Um, It's probably a good bet that Lower Decks Season 3 is going to follow shortly after that. Because Lower Decks has premiered around August uh, the past two years for its first two seasons. So... Yeah, <laughs> we got a lot of Star Trek coming. And, and yeah. we've already had it confirmed that Strange New Worlds will be getting a season two. Oh, I think that comes as no surprise to anyone, to be honest. So, I mean, that. And you go ahead. Go there, ahead. There was definitely some speculation about whether um, Discovery was getting a season five. Uh, I think because we had usually had a, a a new season confirmed by the start of the next season or or whatever. So the fact that we didn't get season five confirmed at the start of season four had some people speculating 
Um, but as for all the other ones, like I, I, there's no surprise there. Honestly, if you are surprised that it's not already confirmed for a season two, when it's the most hyped live action Star Trek show in the past five years, that was yeah. really completely fan driven. Like if you're, you're surprised that it's already confirmed for season two, then I don't know what's wrong with you. You shouldn't be surprised about that. You know, it, it was going to happen. <laughs> you know? I just say it was going to happen. This was the show that the fans demanded and it's, it's going full speed ahead. And also lower decks season three will be premiering sometime later this year. And that's already been confirmed for season four. Lower Decks, not canceled. Alex Kurtzman is still not fired. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And yeah, and Prodigy as well. Uh, Prodigy's uh, upcoming season will also be in 2022. And well, we still have Heather, ten, 10 more episodes of Prodigy for season yeah, 1. Ten whole, that's that's yeah, going to come at the end yeah. of 2022. You know, 10 yeah. more episodes. It's still coming. And they got confirmed for a season 2 as well, which will be sometime in 2023 when that ends up premiering. Yes. So, and just looking at what season what 2023 has in store, just wow. So, Heather, now for you, Heather, and for the listeners, we are recording this at the end of January of 2022. All of this Star Trek is going to go out until July. We are going to have Star Trek until July. And then the break we have will probably be pretty short. Like, we'll get a brief break over the summer and into the fall, and then we're, we're going to get even more Star Trek in late 2022 and into 2023. Man, Star Trek is back. Star Trek is back, and in a big, big way. I mean, I honestly, I don't, I think the break's going to be shorter than people even expect it to be. Because, I I mean, July is still, we're in January, July is still seven months away. So, you don't want to announce anything towards the second half of the year yet, but it's very possible that Lower Decks pick up a week or two after Strange New Worlds is done. Like, I, I, it's, it's honestly, it's very possible. So I really don't think the break is going to be, and they said in this announcement, when they were announcing everything, like... Their ultimate goal from the beginning was to have new Star Trek on every single week of the year. And we're getting there, Hell folks. Yeah. We are getting there. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'll take it. It's going to happen. So, sometimes multiple episodes. <laughs> yeah. We're getting there. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if, if, if they really really wanted to they could have pushed the premiere of picard by like two weeks so you only had the the finale of discovery and the premiere of picard on the same week and then that like pushed the premiere of 
Strange New World by two weeks, and that would have taken you to the end of July, which could have probably about guaranteed that Lower Deck Season 3 was going to start as soon as Strange New World. Like, honestly, they could have. You know, they really could have. They really could have, and... They're only giving us a brief, brief break. Very brief. And I I think that will be good for us Star Trek content creators. I think we're going to need a break eventually. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm loving all of this Star Trek, and, I, and I'm loving it. I'm happy to keep renewing my Paramount Plus subscription and, and keep getting all of this to talk with Heather, to enjoy with... Star Trek fans everywhere. Star Trek Mission Chicago is going to be absolutely bonkers. Yeah, Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> That's all you can say at this point. Just Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Star Trek. There's a lot of it. And, and I'm enjoying every bit of it. And, and I can tolerate Jankum Pog. <laughs> So, whew, that was a lot. That was a lot, Heather. But it's it's a lot of good. It's a lot of good. Star Trek is not canceled. Alex Kurtzman is not fired. And we are going full speed ahead. So, we're going to have a lot to talk about in the future. And I think we're going to need some help for the next episode. I think we are, too. So for episode 45, uh, I will be working on getting a guest. Stay tuned for that. We'll announce it. You can follow us on Twitter at prom Trek pod. And uh, I'll announce it there once we get that squared away. Uh, and that should be a good time for episode 45. Uh, Heather, tell everybody where they can follow you and what, what you've got going on. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at NerdyGal33. Uh, the world is beating me up right now, but at least there's Star Trek to talk about. So I'm always around to talk Star Trek. And if you want to talk about Star Trek with me or various other things, you can do that at CallMeDJM. Whew! This was a big old Star Trek podcast, Heather. I'm, yes. I think I'm, I think I'm ready to just go watch some more. <laughs> so until next time, everybody. Heather, thank you as always. Thank you everybody for listening to the Promenade Merchants podcast. You can find us in Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, give us a good rating. Let us know what you think. Send us an email, promenadetrekpod at gmail.com. Talk to us on Twitter at promtrekpod. We'll probably be doing disco on the prom again soon when Star Trek Discovery comes back for season four. Oh, God. And We're still like two episodes behind on that. We, we might be able to get on that next week. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. So until then, thanks for listening, everybody. Live long and censors. What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. 
The Promenade Merchants are open for business.